Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of the Middle Class Musician Podcast, where we are embracing the space between street performer and celebrity. Celebrity. Um, this week we got to sit down with Dane Schmidt of Jamestown Story, and uh, we had a great conversation with him, really good insights to the independent artist lifestyle. He's been doing that for a while and doing it well, so... Uh, good conversation. Check it out. A uh, couple housekeeping things real quick. One, if you've been listening to the show and enjoying it, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and rate it there. That helps uh, bump it up in the search engines. Always a good thing. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll have the links to those at uh, middleclassmusician.co uh, in case you want to stay more closely in touch with what's going on what we're doing. Uh, we got some exciting stuff we're working on for the near future. Um, also, uh, this is originally, if you listen to the intro episode, um, it was supposed to be every week, and that was the original goal. Um, it's hard during the, especially during the summer season, where I've traveled a lot, and a lot of people in this industry travel a lot, so it's hard to get people in and get these episodes out every week. So we've been trying to keep them going, but uh, we decided for the sake of consistency, We'd shoot for every two weeks, um, so every other Wednesday have a release. That way you guys can actually rely on it uh, and not go every Wednesday and be disappointed when there's an episode or annoyed because I know I don't like that with podcasts that I listen to. We may uh, switch back to every week uh, in the future if we have you know enough stuff lined up, um, but for right now, due to you know all that scheduling stuff, we'll, we'll do every two, and, and if we get enough episodes recorded, we might do bonus episodes and um, and put those out on the, the you know, in between weeks, but we'll let you know we'll let you know let you know about that um, as it comes. And we've also got a couple uh, kind of different format episodes we're trying to work with uh, bonus episodes. So uh, keep an eye out for that stuff. So uh, that's the housekeeping stuff, and that's it. Enjoy the episode, guys. stuff on logic and i don't really feel like switching because it's just for me for sure um yeah i feel like now it's like 50 50 these days yeah it's definitely become more uh of a switch um what do you what do you use uh pro tools okay i need to learn how to use logic though yeah well the nice thing is you can kind of bounce things down and and work in anything as long as somebody knows how to bounce out of (laughs) one that you don't know how to exactly how to work with um, but yeah, we just, yeah, I, the red button's going, so we, we can just kind of jump in if you're, if you're good can to we, go. At the end of it, can we lower my voice so I sound like, um, uh, like, oh, like yeah. I'm black? Yes. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. Do the pitch. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We'll throw it into like Melodyne and we'll just Oh, that'd be down. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we should make each note. Yeah, like, yeah. We can make a melody totally. out of it. And then awesome. we'll find the whitest picture of you online that we can and we'll post that. Oh, right all of them. So I mean, yeah, any yeah. picture. Yeah. You're, you're going to be just, good. <laughs> perfect excellent perfect well today for the listeners bringing them in we're sitting down with dane schmidt and um i'll give kind of the brief uh introduction that i i have on you and then i'll let you say what you do because you know better than i cool. do uh but you uh are a singer songwriter independent artist uh work with under the name Jamestown Story. Correct. Uh it's your main project, uh which has sold over two hundred fifty thousand songs on iTunes. Correct. Which is uh a lot. Uh twenty five thousand albums, toured all over the United States, different parts of the world, over a hundred and T V placements, and yeah, that's that's all my the resume. statistics yeah. of it. So give us the uh the non statistics sides or other statistics, whatever you prefer. Oh man, this is this I don't know where to go with this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've just been I've been doing this project. I started it in kind of loosely in 2003. Yeah, um, I really I recorded and released an album. Uh, went off to college, and where did you go to college? I went to University of Moorhead. Okay, cool. Um, and that's Minnesota Moorhead. Okay. Um, I went there for a semester. And then came back to my hometown, Duluth, Minnesota, 
uh, went to community college for a semester, and during that semester, I discovered Pure Volume. Mm. Um, and this was kind of like the Pure Volume heyday. Yeah, everything yeah. was just like it was. It was starting to blow up, and um, I remember being on my computer a lot and just kind of like trying to figure out different ways of promoting. Yeah, um, through specifically through Pure Volume. Through Pure Volume, I would email people. Okay, yeah. I mean, this is back before like. I mean, you know, AIM was relevant. So right, right. I would find people's AIM screen names and, hey, what's going on? Check yeah. out my link on Pure Volume and whatnot. Yeah. Um, what was Pure Volume's, like, sh- their spiel? I forget what their... I remember using them in high school for my band, but I, I think it was, it was just a audio... Yeah, like it was just like mp3.com. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, or what, M- I guess what mp3.com used to be. Yeah. Um, so they were kind of like the relevant, you know, music website for, yeah. for the you know scene bands I guess for anybody um, and that would have been what 2004 to yeah. 2007 in that yeah. range um, so yeah I would do that and I like I said I remember just spending hours every day just promoting and um, you know I was selling like you know my burn CDs and right. selling quite a few of those but then it, I remember one night I was sitting on the computer and decided that I would just put my entire album up on mm. Pure Volume. And that was kind of new, and not many people were doing that. For and free I, then? So for free, just so you can just it, listen right, to it. Right. Yeah, I give them a couple of downloads. And, yeah. Um, and I did that, and then the next day I looked, and all of a sudden I was in like the top 10 unsigned um, bands on the site. And from there it just kind of kept going up yeah. until it started to hit number one. I, was, I just kind of remained in like the top five pretty much for a good like two years oh wow and you know averaging just thousands and thousands of plays a day and that kind of led to people starting to email me um about setting up shows and doing tours and so i'm trying to think of when that was it was probably like december of 2004 something like that okay yeah um and then yeah, so that website was a big part of just kicking you that off. Was, to get you that was that's how I got my start. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So thank you, Pure Volume. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I remember doing that, and then by February, I was on my first tour of the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I went for three weeks in a minivan with my friend, nice. and uh, yeah, just self booked a tour. Yeah, um, and went out and kind of just did that. Played acoustic shows, had a blast. Came back, did like another two week tour in like, I want to say the South, it was like Texas. And, okay, yeah. Um, with who was, who was then going to become my, uh, my guitar player. Um, and then after that, I just kind of realized I wanted to add a whole band. Yeah. Did not just play acoustic shows. Um, and uh, ended up booking more tours, added a band, booked more tours throughout the summer released an EP and just kind of kept doing that thing. Yeah. Um, and that was up until about 2007. Um, so we did throughout, throughout those couple of years or few years. Um, I want to say we played like 250, 300 shows or something like that. Quite a bit for like an independent band. Um, that's a lot. So I toured quite a bit. What was the, when you're self-booking, what's that kind of process look like? I was a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're on tour and you're booking dates for the next tour and you're always freaking out because, you know. Like, we got lucky with with a lot of our touring because every tour we did was always profitable. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, making $1, making a few thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. So you're not going to red at least. Um, Until we uh, bought a shitty van. Ah. And... Uh, that van, uh, that's kind of a long story. Yeah, but that yeah. ended up putting us like 10K in debt. Oh, no. Um, so that was pretty fun. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, I can't really say it was like super hard to book tours because we just had enough people emailing us and yeah. offering us shows or doing house shows or you know whatever it took. Um, so we were really fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, towards the end of the whole band thing i'm holding up quotations right. whatever those are um towards the end of the band thing uh it kind of it started to get a little bit more tricky okay because yeah. there are so many bands coming out yeah everyone's booking their own tours and yeah um so yeah and uh, up until then people are 
yourself booking, but a lot of it's getting emails from other people and then just facilitating that, or were you reaching out to venues? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, Tim. what do you when you're cold calling like a venue then, or cold emailing or IMing? Uh, are you <laughs> all uh, of the above? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's what's how are you finding these venues? Are you just looking online? Are you looking, you know, yeah, what's pretty popular much, in yeah. areas? We're looking at what other bands are playing. Okay, yeah. Um, other bands our size. Yeah, um, totally. Or trying to find shows that are going on, just begging to get on an opening slot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you pretty much do whatever it can, whatever you can to get on a show. Yeah. Or to book a show. Totally. And if you can't find a venue, then you start reaching out to fans and, um. Yeah, seeing if they'll set up a house show for yeah. 20 people. And gotcha. Those usually end up being kind of the best shows, too. Yeah. It's just 20, 30 people in a crowded room, all sweaty. Yep, yep. Playing music. Right. So. And and would you... Uh, I'm looking at doing a... Or I'm setting up like a, a mini house show tour right now with me and a friend for uh, November. And we're trying to, you know, just decide logistics. But... From the few I've done, it seems like uh, like non-PA ones in a house almost works better sometimes because people are like forced to listen yeah, instead for sure. of like you know being forced to talk over something louder than them. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone almost has to like be there for for the whole time instead of you know checking out or you know doing it outside and you become background music. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm always a fan of non-PA shows. I'm kind of a I'm the biggest fan of like small PA shows. Yeah. It's just like, you're not really direct miking everything. You're kind of just letting it pick up what you're doing. And totally. it's, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, that um, makes sense. You know, I, if do you have a small PA, we, we do, we have something that we could bring for Perfect. that. So yeah. 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 So you just kind of miking it to give it a little, but yeah. you're not like singing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. I feel like that just sounds a lot more natural. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Keep the room sound, yep. but get a little more, uh, volume. Yep. Um, so then you moved to Nashville like four four years ago, right? You said four. Yeah, I moved here in two thousand and twelve. Okay, cool. And then what's what kind of things? What what like prompted that move? And how did that you know? Um, let me think about this here. I uh, I was living in two thousand seven. Moved down to Minneapolis. Okay. From Duluth, it's like two hours south. Um, and I was there for five years. Um, I moved down there with my brother, who's a producer, songwriter, engineer. Cool. Um, and after five years, we just kind of felt like we had tapped the city for, you know, what... We had just kind of reached a point where we didn't think there was much left to get out of it musically. Yeah, it's yeah. a great city. We love it. But we really wanted to be in a place where music was just all around us. Right. Um I knew that New York would not be a place for me. Um, L.A., I love going there for like a week or two, but right. living there, I just don't know if I can handle it. I'm a Midwest guy. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I, that's who I am. So the, uh, the first thought was just let's go and check out Nashville, see yeah. how it is. What's so, the uh, New York thing that you're not? It's you just know. too busy. Yeah. I mean. One-way yeah. streets. Yep. Crowded beyond belief. Um. Yeah, I don't want to... I could really get myself into trouble here. But yeah, it's not... It's just not a place for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing, nothing against it. I like visiting it, for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, the the way that we live here in Nashville and the way the people are, it's just... It's perfect for me. Yeah. Um, and I knew that, like, the first... I came down here for a week, just hung out, went to bars. Yeah. Went down to Broadway, tried to network right and uh quotations quotations um and uh yeah i just knew instantly that this is a really good spot yeah music is it's everywhere yeah yeah so how did you kind of break um or at least start you know like breaking in did you know many people here or was it kind of a you know starting from scratch and it really was kind of starting from scratch yeah um when we moved down we moved down with um me, my brother Jordan, and two two friends of ours from the East Coast. Okay. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Um, Let's hear it. So we moved to a place called Gallatin. Okay. It's about 45 minutes north of the city. Um, we were really, really fortunate to have an investor from Japan mm. who had kind of been with us for a few years. Uh, he basically offered to 
you know, set us up for a year in this in this house that I had found with a studio out back. Yeah. Um, How did you find an investor from Japan? Through iTunes. Okay. So he found my music on iTunes, and then for a few years we uh, he, we were just he's trying to help. Yeah, keep basically, it going, he just of. really liked the music. Yeah. And, um, he's just a really really good good man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very very helpful. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, he he was the reason why we basically got down here. He uh, he offered to put us up in the in the house, and so um, you know I'm married. I'm living with my wife in Minneapolis, yeah. but when you're given that opportunity, you try and figure out a way to, to make it work. So we decided that I would just go. I would live down here for two weeks. I would go back up there for two weeks. Oh, wow. And I did that for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, but while I was down here, it was basically like being in college. It was four guys in a double-wide trailer house. <laughs> I mean, it was a modular house, but it was pretty much a double wide yeah. trailer. Uh, we had a really cool studio up back. We are on two acres. Yeah. Um, but man, this house is just—it was a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> and we when we first got there, I remember everyone. No one had seen it. I flew down to look at it, uh-huh. and I, you know, I was, everyone's just like, "Hey, how, how is it?" I'm like, oh yeah, it's great. It's gonna be awesome. No. Yeah, yeah. No, everyone when they first stepped into that house and the heat wasn't working. It was January. Oh, yeah. There were people that were fairly angry with me yeah yeah but after a couple of weeks we you know we polished the turd made it look all right right um but yeah four guys living in a house no rules we had a pet pig named eric of course and that was the first like year whereas you know, every time i come down here we, you know it was just one big party for yeah two weeks then i drive home be at home for two weeks drive back yeah and so, um, that was kind of the first year now because we were out in Gallatin it was so far it was really hard to network and go in the city yeah. so as much as I, I I'm glad that it, that got us down here um, you know that first year was kind of a wash oh yeah um, I can imagine it's hard to just especially if it's four people that are all not from here you're all disconnected 45 minutes away yeah I mean you're not going to go so in the city. hard yeah to make anything happen with that yeah and it didn't really help that I'd I mean I'd been working from home for five years before that okay, so yeah. it's like i'm not used to going out no, right certainly right. not going to drive 45 minutes to go out yeah we do it like once a month and then right. um that was about it yeah so it wasn't until like plus the pet pig you know oh yeah you got all i mean you got to take there. care of eric yeah. there had been so many times we'd come home and the house just trashed because oh gosh because you have pig. a pig in the house yes yeah. yep that makes it's good sense. pig though <laughs> Um, Who's the pig today? The pig is now living with a family. Okay. Um, I was afraid you were going to say it was bacon. No. No, no. I'm not that cruel. I love animals. Um, He just got to be too much. Yeah. And quite honestly, we were four guys that were just way too irresponsible to own a pig. Sure. It's like having a a child. Yeah, yeah. It's even more than having a dog. Right. Um, So it took about a year for us to realize that. And it also... He was supposed to be a mini pig. Mm. So he was 30 pounds when we bought him. By the time we... Gave him to the family. He was 95 pounds. Yeah, it's a little more. Yeah. So I think uh, that woman in a Kentucky parking lot, McDonald's parking lot, yeah. who sold him to us, I think she was lying about oh, no. who he actually was. was... Um, now today, or as of today, I think he's 250 pounds. Oh my gosh. So yeah. he's, a, he's a hog now. So not not what you bought, but... Yep. <laughs> I would certainly get a pig though again. Yeah. That's the best. Who, whose idea of the four people was it to get a pig? That was mine. It was you. I love animals. Great. And, yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to have yeah. a pig. It, Everyone is really, a dog. Yeah, Get exactly. A Made for a great story, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were out there for like a year and a half, and it wasn't until September of 2013 that we moved into the city. Okay. I finally found a spot that we could afford um, that we're actually in now. Um, and yeah, we got into the city within the first week. You know, you could just see the difference. Oh, we were yeah. going out and just actually interacting with humans and it was it was weird yeah but it was fun yeah yeah um so that was kind of a game changer for us and, and you kind of feel like you belong more when yes. you like live it's like i don't I'm, feel like an outsider yeah i'm going to my area instead of i'm like intruding 45 minutes into you know yep. nashville people land yep yeah nashville yeah. People <laughs> yeah. yeah um so that was good um and that's kind of that's where we're at today very um, cool. Is your wife live here? Yes. Now? Okay. Yeah. So she moved down in August of 2013. She lived for one month in the double wide. Yeah. Uh, we called it Fantasyland. Okay. 
yeah, um, where time stood still. <laughs> um, yeah, she got lucky and she found a job within a month. So okay, cool. As soon as she found a job, we we moved out to Bell Mead, and then I had found a studio spot. Yeah, and um, yeah, cool. So she's been down here for two years now. Nice. And is it just you guys now, or do you still have uh, the roomies around? Nope. Well, we got two cats. Okay. And a dog. There you go. Um, More conventional pets. Yep. And then, although if you see our cats, they're not conventional. Anything but conventional. <laughs> um, and then my brother Jordan has uh, him and his new wife actually bought a house in East Nashville. Okay, so cool. We all kind of settled into our that's great to our spots. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels good yeah. being in the city. It's yeah, it's very nice. Every now and then, though, I, I just miss. Being out there and eventually, yeah, so. pigs running around. Yep, <laughs> that's that. That would be fun. Um, so, how long did you do the the two week on, two week off thing, then? Year and a half. Year and a half. That was probably towards the end of it. It was becoming like three weeks down here, one okay, week back yeah, there. Yeah. Um, then I started flying because I I think I drove it was like twenty times back and forth, and I just okay. couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. How far a drive is that? It's, it's like 13 hours. Okay, yeah. That's somewhere in that range. It's a, it's a day's drive. Yeah, that's a full day. Uh, was, it that, was that hard uh, just relationally being, you know, the separate back and forth yeah. with your wife? Or was yeah. it... People always think that it would be, but yeah, honestly, yeah. we're both so independent that it really wasn't okay. too bad. Really? Yeah, that's was, great. It was pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. How long have you guys been married before, uh, before that, you know, transition? I think four years. Okay, so you kind of we're going on six. Yeah, yeah, figuring going out. on six now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked out. I mean, obviously, it wasn't ideal, right? But uh, again, it's you know we were we were fortunate to be put in that position to be able to move down there, and yeah. she knew that. She's always been really supportive. Yeah, um, and so we figured out a way to make it work. Gotcha. I'm gotcha. glad we did. Yeah. What does she do then? She works in uh, marketing. Okay, marketing and advertising. Cool. Um, in the uh, in the gulch. Oh, nice. The gulch. Yep. In the gulch. Very cool. So yeah. not music kind of stuff. Non-music related. Yeah. Yep. But she can empathize with yep. the music. She watched the MTV Awards. I don't know. Okay. That, I think that's yeah. Uh, that counts. Yeah, okay. Something cool. Yeah, I didn't. I watched things pop I, up on I, Facebook. I, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that Kanye Kanye speech again. What did he? What Apparently, did he, say? he was just high. And oh. super drunk, or I, I don't know what the deal is. Did he was, he was he running for president or something? Twenty twenty, he said. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Who I knows? saw the Nicki Minaj thing where she was bashing Miley. I heard about that. Yeah, and that was exciting. And trying to decide whether or not it was real or fake. I'm sure there's better commentary on it now, or just more commentary. Yep. Um, and then uh, Taylor Swift did something with her too, which was them like making up, I guess, because yep. they'd been you know fake or almost fighting. <laughs> uh, like Twitter accidentally fighting. fighting, yeah. Twitter oh. fighting, which is apparently the worst. I can't, that's like the epitome of everything that's bad about communication in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I didn't really see anything else, so I don't really know what I didn't. I just it's hard to keep on. up with all that shit, man. Yeah, I didn't even know it was happening last night until until it started popping up. Yeah. So, um, but cool. All right, so that kind of brings us. At least through what when you did Jamestown story, then what why uh, why the band name was it a full on band at the time or was it just you and it was a project name? Um, okay, so the project actually was called, and then I turned seven. Oh, nice. No, not nice. Okay, it was the dumbest <laughs> band name ever. Um, and so that's seven when was I such a memorable year oh, yeah. for me. Really? No. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea why. Um, so yeah, we did that, and then. Uh, that was, we we ended up changing the name in two thousand seven. Okay. To Jamestown Story, and the reason behind the change was we were trying to get, I use quotations a lot, signed, uh-huh. um, and I thought that that would be a little bit more marketable. For yeah. Me. What is uh, what's the story behind Jamestown Story? Honestly, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, our first EP was called the Jamestown Story, but yeah. if you ask me why, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I usually make up a different story every single time. Okay, cool. Throw people off. Yeah. Um, well, feel free to make one up for this if you want. You I, make I, it really I just don't know if spicy. I'm spicy. 
Man, that's yeah, it's still I'm gonna think about before that. noon. You don't have to yeah, it's yeah, hard true. to make up stories. Very true. Yeah. Um so yeah. Changed that in two thousand seven and um it's been that way ever since. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh and so it was like a is it still like a collaborative thing or is it you? No, so in two thousand seven, right, we had just done the East Coast. Um our old bass player who happens to be like now he's one of my best friends. He at the end of the tour was just like, I'm done. I can't yeah. can't do this anymore. I mean, we, you know, it was just a typical band drama, right? Um, so he quit, and then uh, who else? Our guitar player quit. Our drummer. We ended up dropping him off in Indiana. Okay, yeah, which is where he was from, and so it ended up just being me and our, our violinist. Mm. Um, and he ended up starting a project called Sing It Loud. Mm. Um, Sing it loud like you're seven? Yes. Or, okay, yeah. Yes. Going back to the seven thing. <laughs> uh, so he started this band, and during that summer I was working on this EP while he was working on that. Um, and that band ended up getting a deal in like five months with Epitaph. Okay, cool. Really, really quick. Just took off really fast. Yeah. Um, and so I, w- I actually became the drummer for that. Did that for a little bit. Until uh, it was August of 2007 that I figured out there was a uh, website out there called TuneCore. Yeah. And so I uploaded this EP that I'd been working on um, and then uploaded the first CD that I did. Um, first month, it was, you know, a few hundred bucks. Right. I'm like, okay, cool. That's, I'm working in like Target at the time. Right. Trying to pay off this van debt that we oh, had. I mean, it was... Gosh. It was uh, like the worst summer of my life. Um, So yeah, that happens. The first month, like 300 bucks. But the second month, it was like 2,000 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, shit. Is this through like iTunes then? Through iTunes. Okay, yeah. Um, Like, damn. That's like more money than I'll make all summer working at Chopco or wherever I was at. Um, And that kind of kick-started just... Realizing that I could actually do this on my own. Yeah. Um, I was still doing a Sing It Loud. We ended up signing a deal with doing an album. Um, and within that time, I had paid off all my debt, you know, starting to actually make a decent income. Um, and uh, we started touring with Sing It Loud, and that's when I just realized, like, I'm done touring. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just not for me. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up quitting Sing It Loud right at the, the height of it all, mm-hmm. which was kind of scary. But at the time, you know, I was making good money just selling, you know, my music through iTunes. Yeah. This is when MySpace was kind of at its peak. I was, sure. I kind of transformed or moved my fan base from pure volume to MySpace. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I quit the band and started doing this on my own. We were doing like an EP and then... Um, Releasing a full length, I think, in end of two thousand eight, that um, ended up doing fairly well for you know, independently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. It was all through. I, I have to thank TuneCore for that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously, MySpace was a huge, huge thing. Um, but then MySpace, you know, it died. It did. It died, and I was really sad. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know what I was gonna do. I, you know, I had to like. Come up with a new way of promoting myself. Yeah, and, and that's when I fell into licensing, just on a fluke. Yeah, um, I had this company that I'd emailed and given my music to and signed a contract that I had no idea what the hell I was signing. Right, right. Um, and all of a sudden one day, sorry, they uh, they call me and they're like, "Hey, we just got you this One Tree Hill placement." I'm like, cool. Yeah. What's that? I'm like, God, oh, it's the show. Right. So, I don't even think I've ever even seen the episode, but... You can ask. My roommate's probably seen it. Really? <laughs> I know that I could go back and watch it now, but I just... I, I don't know. It was just... Uh, yeah, that happened, and... Um, so that was your first... That was my first placement. That's awesome. It's a great first placement. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. It's like... I was pretty stoked about that. I was I was more stoked, like, when you get a check for that, and you're just like... Yeah. Oh, cool. This is a yeah. new way of making money. All right? Totally. I guess I'll figure out a way to do this, so... Yeah. I remember, oh, no, you go. Oh, no, was that company then, um, you said you were signed with them, or you had just, like, done I just a, had signed a, you know, a, a licensing agreement for that okay, yeah, CD. Yeah. Or, gotcha. 
So then was. did you start doing that on your own as far as the sync stuff goes? Yeah. Or did you, okay. I mean, cool. everything I've done is pretty it's much always on been you. on my own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, besides that. Pick. Yeah. The help from our our Japanese friend. Right, mom. right. So. <laughs> That's a great, that could be another band name. Just you, us and help from our Me and my Japanese friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. We'll uh, cut it down. We'll get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> get it to work nice. but it's there's something there um the uh so you're you started when when did you say that was that you started was doing that first sync 2007 okay and then uh how do you go about as an independent then uh you know trying to get these placements and, and you've had over 100 as we said uh how do, how do you kind of keep those happening it's a good question um i don't know i kind of do i I started just basically cold emailing yeah. and cold calling companies. Sure. Um, most of it didn't really work out. Yeah, yeah. But I developed a really good relationship um, with a company in LA that did tons of reality shows. Yeah. Um, and then just random other relationships. I got in with the MTV folks. Okay. Um, and, you know, those... Most of my placements, which is really funny, is they've all been like gratis uses, so yeah. no money up front. Okay, gotcha. Um, but I kind of, I hit it at the right time, and so it was it was back when like performance royalties were, you, know, you get a real world placement, you get a Jersey Shore placement, and it would amount to a lot of money. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you have to wait a year after that. Right. But if you capitalized on when the placement was coming, you had, you know, make sure you have the stuff, uh, the music on iTunes. You're, you know, you're promoting through all your different social media sites. Yeah. Um, you know, you could see an instant return just with sales. And then a year later, it's just money that you're not really expecting. You kind of expect it, but you're not thinking uh, about it. Yeah. So yeah, basically I was just trying to find as many connections as I possibly could. Uh, if I can go back in time, I'd do it a lot differently. Yeah. What would you do? Um, I would be, I probably would have taken some of that money and flown out to LA and actually met, went and met people face to face. and yeah, just tried like, cause it took me like six, six or seven years to go and meet some of my first contacts. And these okay. are people that were, you know, one single handedly got me like 50 placements within two years. Yeah. Um, so it would have been nice to just like fly out there, meet them, take them out to dinner, say thank oh, you. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't realize like the importance of that. And right, that's right. one thing that like Nashville really kind of showed me is just how important networking is. Yeah. I mean, instead of inside of it, instead of sitting in your, you know, in your office on your computer, yeah, emailing and trying to make friends that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot harder to make friends mm. over email. It really is. Everybody emails pretty much the same. Yep, it's hard to differentiate. Oh, mine had exclamation points all oh, over. Good. Oh, dude, I'm the worst emailer ever. <laughs> now it's like if I put a period, I'm like, oh, do they think I'm mad? Right, right. You just gotta oh, use the emojis, geez. you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, you can tell them exactly how you feel. Um, Okay, cool. So then is that kind of what took over for a little while uh, in the interim of the social media switch from MySpace to, you know, Facebook and beyond? Because uh, it was kind of like a, a hot second where there was nothing that was super prominent. Yeah. Think, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah. So you probably didn't have any, you know, hub yet for fans. No, it was mainly just Facebook and Twitter. Mainly yeah, yeah. Twitter. Okay, yeah. Um, Which you have, I looked, I don't, I don't know your exact, but you have a large following on, you know, most of the platforms it looked like. Uh, is that from anything? Did you have any more where you like put yourself on one of those and it blew up or was that all kind of residual? Just time? residual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've just been here. Yeah. Been yeah. around for a while. Yeah, totally. So. Awesome. Um, so what's like a kind of day to day look like for you? And um, I always preface it with obviously it changes a lot with this kind of line of work it's not like you have the same thing every day um but when you're doing a lot of this kind of like self-motivated work uh you know where you have to do it all yourself what's it kind of look like on a you know a, a normal average day um it's a good question uh for jamestown it's fairly minimal yeah um the main thing that I guess, at least right now, that I'm doing is just trying to attack this next release and yeah, yeah. get that going. Um, staying in touch with people on you know, Facebook and Twitter, yeah. emails. Um, I'm trying to think what else. You know, just if I have 
placements coming up, making sure that those are being promoted. Yeah. If, um, any anywhere from like going through cue sheets and making sure that everything's up to date and sure. getting paid for everything. Um, it, but it's, I mean, it really doesn't take up too much time. Yeah, well, yeah. Most of my time is actually spent on other things non-Jamestown. Okay. Like, music so, stuff or just music random? stuff? Okay, yes. Yeah. Yep. So what kind of other stuff? Um, well, I've got a company called Weevolve Music. Okay. And that is kind of like an artist development slash publishing boutique publishing company okay cool um so we just released in uh, a record for an artist called old gravity or artist doing the band name thing yeah yeah um and that actually just came out on friday so cool doing that we do a bit of licensing with the company as well um i do that i am just getting ready to launch uh, a program with a friend of mine called indie tools okay and you might find this really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a program. It's actually an application that it takes your TuneCore data reports, and you can plug in some some writer information and whatnot, and it pulls the information from your account, and it spits back out what you owe co-writers. Oh, that's terrific! Yeah. So for the independent musician, yeah. this is a godsend because yeah. you don't have to sit and try and calculate all those numbers. Where that is now, now it's coming. It'll be yeah. here. Do you use TuneCore? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. We have so a, you have it native with that website kind of set yes. up for that? Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're getting ready to launch that, just like a free beta version. Yeah. Let's try and get the name out. Um, and for anyone mm-hmm. who's listening who doesn't know, TuneCore is just, it's a hosting site for, um, or at least for what, what I use it for and what it does, you put your music up there and it shoots it out to now, you know, a multitude of different um, you know, streaming sites and stuff like that. So my TuneCore pushes me onto iTunes, pushes me onto, you know, Apple Music, Spotify and all those things. And then it can track, you know, downloads, money and all that kind of stuff. And yep. it takes online distribution. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, great for, uh, for the independent artists. Yes. Yes. Very get your good. music on any site you want. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, so this tool then would allow, uh, which is the classic dilemma for someone trying to manage themselves when you write a song with three other people and you have three different people on, you know, each of your songs in your album and you're trying to figure out percentages for paying them, it's a pain in the ass. Well, it's also a pain in the ass too when, you know, if you're not selling a whole ton of songs, I mean, right. you might be selling, even if you're selling a couple thousand dollars a month, you know, mecha- the mechanicals for that aren't that much. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's like... Those people are owed money. They took right. time to, to write with you and vice versa. I mean, if you're on the other end of it, exactly. like you want to get money and, you know, as an artist, like they took the time to, to write with you. And if you like that song, I mean, you just should be paying them. Yeah, money. of course. So, yeah. um, that was my dilemma a year ago and I had to start paying out mechanicals and a friend of mine, um, showed me this program that he was working on instantaneously. I was like, Yes, we gotta yeah. we gotta turn this into something. Yeah, and Indie Tools was born, and that's cool. Yeah, we'll see we'll see how that goes. I'll let you know once we yeah once we do. launch that. What's the what's like the backside of that? Are you do you design like stuff like that, or do you have is your buddy the one who's kind of he's designing he's all designing it? Okay, um, I go through and I'm just kind of like overseeing the project. Yeah, yeah, say. totally. Um, giving my input. Uh, in different spots um but he's doing all the coding and he's you know yeah he, it's it's his brainchild i think i said that right i'm not quite his sure brain, yeah 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 yes. right to me <laughs> it's stoked when that happens <laughs> um but yeah i mean he's he's the brains behind the operation yeah. i'm just uh trying to steer it in the right direction okay cool cool um that's awesome. So you, yeah, so stuff like that kind of keeps you, you know, doing stuff during the day, and that's it depends on probably where these projects are at, what you're doing on an actual day to day. But it's pouring into these different. Yes, well, and then on top of that, I have uh, I work for a company called Tree Vibes Music. Okay. Um, and my brother actually signed to them back in April. It's a publishing, artist development company. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just kind of been helping them out, just doing uh, random shit, yeah. I guess, um, and trying to get their company going. Cool. So that's been 
Awesome. Taking a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. So Which it seems good. like you kind of like in, you enjoy the uh, the entrepreneurial side exactly of this of this whole absolutely industry and, and then the, yeah the self starting part. Um, how do you manage that from a uh, do you find yourself being able to stay pretty disciplined or you know because especially when there's so many like baby projects you're trying to push and help give life to or you know if you're starting your own stuff. Um, I know for when I'm doing that with different stuff, some days you wake up and you're like, if I don't do anything today, nobody's going to call and be like, why didn't you do this? <laughs> but I also will have no more progress on this, this, and this. So it's like some days it's hard. You know, you just... Almost, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is, uh, do you have any tricks to, to get by those days where you're like, well, nobody cares today and <laughs> you just don't do any work? Um, That's tough. I feel like I've gotten it to the point to where if I don't, yeah, especially if it's a weekend, it's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's a weekday, like, I'll know. People will notice if I'm not around. Yeah. Because there's, there's enough people relying on on me to do certain things that, yeah, um, you know, I've got to be there. Gotcha. And so that's that's super helpful. Before, like, you know, when it was just me doing Jamestown, yeah. that was the sole focus. Like, I don't know. I just, I stayed motivated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that... I love, I love to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I I live to work essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like you know when when your job is not only your job but it's your hobby. It's like it's so easy to just wake up at you know seven thirty eight and then yeah. you go to bed at two in the morning and you've been working for that long and you just right. like oh I had a great day. Yeah yeah yeah. That's just that's kind of always how I've always been. Yeah, that's great. Just, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. It totally does. I mean, it's, um, you, yeah. also, you also think about it too. It's just like if you're there's always somebody out there working harder, right? And so right. it's like I try and keep up with those people. Yes, yeah. you know, try and stay inspired with certain things. And yeah, of course. Stay motivated. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Um, do you find uh, once you started getting syncs and stuff, did you start writing any differently and like kind of started to point towards what was working, or did you kind of stay in the same vein? For one album, yes, but I don't think I got anywhere close. Okay, yeah, because I just I know what sync music sounds like, but I can't really write that way. Yeah, yeah. And the Jamestown brand is not synky, and I also like recognize that my voice is not synky. Like, okay. I've gotten a lot of syncs, but it's not like, you know, um, I, I feel like it's not like the, the artists that you're probably thinking of that do really well for syncs. Yeah, yeah. Might have been more like reality shows, like yeah. emotional scenes and cool. stuff like that. Whereas when you have like people who can do Google commercials and T-Mobile commercials yeah. and like, you know, the Grey's Anatomy stuff like that, it's just, that's not what I do. Gotcha. Um, and so I've never really tried to be, be that. that yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. But yeah, what what I did do is start working with people who did have that sound, and that's yeah. kind of how Weevil was okay was born. And then you can do it through other people. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's the uh, what's you said you have a new project that you're working on? Uh, is it done or is it or are you still working? Okay, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. Oh, that was a that was a good joke. Is it done? <laughs> right, right. I don't know when this thing will be. Yeah, done. yeah. How long um, have you been working on this one? Um. I mean, it started late this summer. Yeah. Um, I'm really not close to being okay, done. Okay, gotcha. I'm doing it all on my own, which yeah. is like the first time. Um, okay, so I've, you haven't done, done the production that. side all on your own before. I have for other things, but this is the first like Jamestown one where I yeah. feel confident enough to actually do it on my own. Sure. Um, uh, you know, in the end, I'll end up bringing it to someone else to mix it and all that yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean... That when you're talking about staying motivated and stuff, that's where it gets yeah. really, really tricky. Yeah, it's yeah, like, totally. oh, I could comp this vocal take, or I could or go through and edit the song, or I could just watch Fear of the Walking Dead. Right, right. Is that yeah. out already? It is. I didn't know. I gotta it. finish the second episode. I oh, just started shit. it today. Is it good? I I like it. Yeah. I mean, Are you I, a big I like Walking Dead fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that show. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just started Narcos too on Netflix. I don't know that one. Holy shit! You gotta check good? that out. It's good. What's the uh, What's the premise of that? Pablo Escobar. Okay. Netflix original series. Oh, okay. okay. It's, yeah, I don't think it's I heard really of that. really good. I'm gonna have to check it out. 
Um, yeah. So as obviously, it's easy yep. to get lost. In yeah, the, uh, yeah. I mean, especially with yep, yeah. recording and um, yeah, that that part I definitely find it hard to stay motivated. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm hoping to have it out by. I'm gonna say five years, just to be, you know, safe. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was hoping okay, by so like done, Christmas. Done is, yeah, yeah. But five years to be safe, but also know, maybe, maybe Christmas. Two months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just an EP, so it really okay, shouldn't cool. take that long. But how, uh, how many tracks are you shooting for in, in the EP? Six or seven. Okay, it's a good EP length. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like especially nowadays with just the way people consume music, I'm. I'm not super motivated to put out like a full length, whereas I'm more motivated to just keep doing like little EPs, mm-hmm. kind of, um, just because I don't listen to too many full length albums, and you know, even me and I'm, you know, doing this yeah for a living. I mean, I still I still love full lengths. Yeah, I, I you know, just if you look at my sales, you'll always see like you know, albums sell the best. Yeah, it's just. Sure. It's always been that way. Um, that you should just pretend that EPs are albums and people think they should buy them. Yeah, it could. I don't. I mean, it could be a it's worth a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I guess where I'm at now is, I could try and stretch it out and do an album, but I would much rather just like try and get five or six really good songs, sure. and then not have the you know four or five fillers. Yeah. Totally. Which seems to be the theme of my uh, JS discography. Gotcha. Um, but uh, you know, I feel like we're all kind of that way. It's yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard to write ten or eleven like really good songs. Oh, it's hard yeah. to write one really good song, right. let alone ten or eleven. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I love about doing EPs now. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, EPs used to be a thing. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like you know when you see major labels releasing EPs, it's got to be. Um, it's got to be relevant. and Yeah. They're like fully produced EP. It's not yep. like here's some bonus tracks usually. It's more like here's a, here's four, you know. Yep. And it's also a lot of times like a mixer album to show the you know the peaks of the band, I think. Yep. Um, or just to promote like an upcoming album yeah, or, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Totally. So I'm a huge fan of that for sure. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you had a project come out for, for James Dunn? Going on two years now. Yeah. So uh, that's know, the Taylor Swift like, timeline. So yep. you're doing you're doing good. It'll probably be about two and a half years by the time the next one comes out. I mean, and that's like the longest it's ever been. Yeah. And for ten years, I put out a CD every year. Sure. And that's one thing that um, I feel like I did right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I yeah I would watch a lot of my friends' bands and whatnot. And they'd be they put out an EP and then two years later they'd put out another EP. Right. And by that time I had already put out an album and two other EPs. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean not everything is going to be the best release ever. Right. But I made sure to keep people um, interested. Interested and yeah. Come um, back. Did you find and you also had a platform too because I've seen uh, I went through through Belmont and I saw a lot of people put out like music on a pretty consistent basis but they were doing it to like you know, fifty people. Mm-hmm. It was like nobody was buying it. It was just like they kept putting it out. I was like, "Great news, new album!" I'm like, "You just released an album, and still, still nobody yeah. knows about it." So, like, part of me, yeah. Once you have a platform, it's like it's definitely worth. Oh, it makes feeding it. Yeah, it makes it a lot place, easier, especially yep. nowadays. Absolutely. Um, which would be one another benefit of the EP thing is you could get, you could stay in people's minds a little bit quicker mm-hmm. if you're putting out, you know less than an album because you can theoretically get it done faster um the uh i saw you had a decent like good size following on youtube as well have you been able to monetize that at all as far as because i've tried to i I mean i have i guess technically monetized on youtube but i have barely gotten anything from it are you are you doing monetization through your page okay yeah it's like the basic basic form of monetize yeah and that's i mean that's always been like a two to three hundred dollar a month okay stream um so it's nothing like major but at the same time but it is every every dollar every dollar counts every dollar helps um but then i also started working with a company uh called adrev okay um you know quite honestly like i I wish I would have done it a few years earlier. Yeah. And I was scared 
to do it because I've worked with this company in Norway that does, they're kind of like a very small music bed. Yeah. Um, and he's always been like, well, don't do the, the, um, is it like what the is it YouTube, um, like whether monetizing off of your own yeah. original stuff, yep. getting watched when, on other channels and yeah. stuff like that. Cause what, what would happen is a customer of his would license a song. They put it on their YouTube page where yeah. they would get taken down. So it would cause him gotcha. uh, a problem. So, um, he always kind of scared me away from doing that. And then finally it was just like, look, I need to try this and see yeah. if it's you know going to be a decent income stream. Um, I think I missed, well, I definitely missed like the prime time to be gotcha. collecting on royalties, but I still, that still generates fairly decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. Every month. Do so. you know, uh, Rumblefish at all? I, I know of them. Yeah. Same thing. Yep. And that's what, um, through sorted noise. That's one of their feeders. Mm-hmm. One of the main ones they send to for that specific niche. And it seems like um, they've done pretty well with that. Yeah. Yeah. They've especially, um, yeah, the main, uh, Josh, his his group that they you know license out has done really well through Rumblefish because they've just gotten a lot of views on YouTube over the years. Nice. Um, and it just kind of it adds up, you know, pretty fast if you're getting a chunk of views on original yep. songs. That's great. Do you intentionally so do you put pretty much all your songs on YouTube so they can stream and you can potentially get uh, revenue from that? Or I don't know. I don't have all of them on there because okay. I think I have over a hundred songs. Okay, but, so a chunk. Um, I have a decent amount of them, and most of the time, like. I've got lyric videos, just like yeah. nothing amazing, but just like something on my channel. Yeah, and then, um, definitely. Whatever people put up. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, it's not a huge income stream, and I don't, I don't do like the YouTube thing, um, where I'm right. releasing a video every month or yeah, yeah. doing music videos. But you know, for the the minimal amount that I put into it, it the the income stream is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So something. It's just money that you're not really working for every yep. day at that point it's just, yeah residual I tried the cover thing it did not work okay you yeah. can go and look look at some of those videos oh and nice it's not good it wasn't uh, yeah it wasn't you see Eric that one wonderful thing okay perfect <laughs> T-Swift cover oh nice yep um the oh yeah so when you did uh when you're doing home recording stuff what's the what's the process like for that as far as um just kind of producing it are you starting with kind of like minimal stuff or because you're doing this project yourself now. Mm-hmm. so uh when you're kind of deciding how to start a song are you creating a skeleton you know with drum bass or are you coming in with guitar and then just adding from there um kind of depends i guess on the style yeah it really just depends i mean one song started out with just piano and layering vocals and then Adding strings afterwards. Yeah, yeah. All the bells and whistles. Okay, cool. Another one just laid down a drum beat. Yeah. And then kind of building off of that, another one was just start with an acoustic part and build off of that. Yeah, yeah. So So it just, yeah, it depends on the song and all that. I mean, I feel like it's pretty pretty normal for recording. Yeah. Yeah, normal nowadays at least. Yeah. Now that we're doing it, you can do it all from home, basically. Yeah. You gotta come by and check out the studio sometime. Yeah, right? yeah, I would like love right to. down the street. Oh, perfect! So you have a different studio from where your house is. Yep. That you, okay. I have like a home studio set up. Yeah, yeah. Um, in my office at home, but I mean, whenever Jordan's not in the studio, I'm trying to utilize it as much okay. as possible. Just cool. We have better gear and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely want to check it sounds, out. Then. Sounds a lot better. Cool, so. cool. Um, sweet. Well, then, uh, we're hitting right about where I like to get to about to. So what's kind of, I guess, you got the album, uh, anything else that you want to plug of what's coming next for, for stuff or any upcoming events or anything like that? So we've got the album. Um, we've got the Indie Tools launch sometime in September. Okay. Yeah. Um, that'll be cool. Yeah. And useful for the independent musician. Oh, yeah. Um, and then with Tree Vibes, we're actually doing a... Uh, kind of like a debut introduction show sure. showcase on September 8th at 3rd okay. and Lindsley. Okay. Um, four of our writers, no, three of our writers will be playing, a couple other guys we work with, and then a special guest performance closing it out. Okay, perfect. Um, Taylor Swift? Not Taylor Swift, okay, yeah. but it, close. Yeah, great. 
Um, so that'll be a really cool event that's here in Nashville. Uh, so that's September 8th. Tuesday, September 8th at 6 p.m. Doors at 5 p.m. I would recommend getting there early because yeah. the show will sell out. Perfect. Um, and that's, uh, you know, beyond that, I guess sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a lot of, a lot of good stuff coming up then. Uh, I guess any advice for someone, you know, specifically doing what you're trying, you know, what you do, independent, you know, artists doing their own projects, self-motivated, all that kind of things. Anything that you wish you could tell yourself 10 years ago, um, or at any point along the journey. Um, as far as like wish I could tell myself is learn how to network and not be a um, recluse. Mm, totally. Um, you know, I the way I did it seemed to work. Um, but if if I would have taken the time to like get to know people that you know were helping me out or just just network in general, yeah. um, I think I could have sped up the process a bit. Totally. I could have learned a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of took the the long route. As far as that goes, so I would definitely advise that. Get out there, um, just meet people. Yeah. Especially if you're in a city that, you know, has those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as, I mean, the only other thing that I really tell people, it's the same thing every time. It's like, be willing to work harder than the next person. Yeah, yes. I mean, this is a flooded market. It's oversaturated. There's so much talent. There's so many people that want what you want and they're willing to work that much harder. Yeah. So you have to be able to just top what what they're doing and um you know, there's a lot of times where it's pick and choose between sitting yeah, I just remember like sitting at a computer promoting or going out with my friends that night and yeah. I chose to sit and promote and it's as cheesy as it sounds, like it did pay off. Yeah, yeah. Um and if you really want it, like that's you just got to put in the time. Totally. Totally. It's like anything in life. Yeah. Um, I follow up, quick follow up question with that. When you're, when you're self promoting online and stuff, how do you, a lot of those kind of fall in deaf ears just because of the nature of the online promotion. Absolutely. Kind of, how do you, um, how do you kind of, is there, do you have any techniques to get past that, you know, initial hump of them, like just actually reading your email, whoever it is and like responding or being interested? Um, I mean, I don't do as much of it anymore, so it's. Probably but changes I, with the it definitely, the it's internet. definitely changed. Um, like I said, everything's just you know, people are getting a million messages yeah. from on or DMs on Twitter from Twitter bots and all this kind of right, shit. Right. Uh, I would say just like work on one person at a time. Yeah. And work on actually having a conversation with them instead of like trying to spam them and get them in one sentence, it might take 10 yeah, yeah. You know, interactions back and forth. And if you look at it that way, but if you, know, if you take that time and that person ends up buying one song or buying an album or something like that, like, I feel like that's, a, that's more worth it than trying to spam 100 people with the same right. damn message. Right, right. People just, everyone knows now what they're getting yeah. you know, if, if you get a DM like that. So... You know, if you're on, um, I'm trying to think how I would do that. But yeah, I, that's yeah, that's what I would recommend. Right, right. Just take the time to get to know people and yeah, and, and trying don't force establish yeah, just establish like a real fan relationship instead of you know yeah what everyone else is spamming it. Yep, gotcha. Cool. Um, usually end up wrap up with the last question uh, of your favorite performance moment. Uh, or one of your favorite performance moments? Um, I would say, so when we had the full band, we played at this college in Iowa. Honestly, I can't remember the town. But it was like this, it wasn't even out of college, it was like this apartment complex. Yeah. And they did this this party every year. Um, and for some reason, they thought that we'd be a really good act to come, come and play. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like... Two or three thousand just drunk college kids. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah, and it's it's always a blast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we like we get there. All these other bands have been playing. We're like one of the headlining acts. Um. And yeah, like lights go down. We like get out, start our intro, and then I introduce the band. And this crowd just goes fucking nuts. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Sick. They have no idea who we are. They're just drunk and They're stoked that we're there. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, and that was just like a really cool moment. Now we got shut down three songs later. The really? cops came and like had to end the whole thing because it got too big. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was probably yeah yeah one of the coolest times that that's awesome. I've had playing on stage. It's just all the energy and yeah yeah that's always fun. Perfect. Sweet. Well, um, people, I'll, I'll string up some of that stuff in, in the show notes, and I can grab some. I'll go back and get details from you. But September eighth, specifically, third Lindsay for Nashville. I'll send you a flyer. Yeah, yeah, that'll be That'd perfect. Be we can get that. You gotta out. come hang. Yeah, that'd Let's be fun. Sweet. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. No problem.